I am not an expert. I've never published a book or taught a class. I've never even put anything in a quilt show. But I love quilting, and I love talking about quilting. I make a lot of mistakes, but I like to think that sometimes I learn from them and get just a little bit better. If hearing about someone else's goofs and mess-ups makes you feel better about yours, then I've done my job. Join me as we talk about quilting for the rest of us. I'm Sandy and I'm a quilter and welcome to episode 69 in which we host ABFSI and you will find out what ABFSI is in a few moments. I'm recording this on Sunday morning, November 27th, 2011, although I'm going to be recording it in parts. I'm hoping to get this posted tonight, Um, but like I said, I've got some stuff going on. I'm trying to just record as I find time during the day and then I'll try to put it all together tonight. I am about to do an interview with Jay for our, the next episode in our design series and we'll post that um, this week as well. I just wanted to get this one out of the way because this is kind of a, a surprise episode catch up on something that happened this weekend that was a whole lot of fun. So I wanted to fill you in on it. Um so for this episode, I'm not going to be doing listener feedback as much because um, actually this is kind of about listeners. And then uh, Jay's episode will have the information about who won the drawings and all that good stuff. So I'll be getting to that next episode. So just be patient. That'll happen within the next day or so. Um, so let's talk about ABFSI. This was actually really fun and surprising. Um, what ABFSI stands for is Anti-Black Friday Sew-In. And what happened was on Thursday night, I was on Twitter just kind of, you know, tootling around, checking out what other folks were doing. And of course, Thursday night, um, for those of us here in the U.S., that was Thursday was Thanksgiving. And I had hosted Thanksgiving at my house with my husband's brother and his wife and three kids. So there were nine of us all together. So it was a smallish group, but still, you know, you cook pretty much almost the same amount of food, um, at least the same numbers of different types of food, maybe not the same quantity. So I had been on my feet much of Wednesday and much of Thursday prepping for dinner. Um, and then, of course, you know, as you're serving dinner, you don't actually get to sit down much during dinner because you eat one course and you jump up to get the next one on the table. And we did do kind of a, a formal sit-down dinner. I enjoyed doing that for that holiday. If I'd had, you know, 20, 30 people, we might have done it differently. But for nine, it was easy enough to get us all around the dining room table, break out the good china, all that good stuff. Um, so that, but that meant by Thursday night, I was pretty tired. And I was seeing all these postings come up about Black Friday. And, uh, you know, I'm just not into Black Friday. Never have been. I did it once in my life, um, back when my kids were little. And there was one, I don't even remember now what it was. It was one of the game consoles that they had their hearts set on getting. And so there were these big Black Friday sales. And my mother-in-law said, hey, why don't we go together? You know, you can get the console. I'll get some games to go with it or whatever. And so we got up. We didn't get up horribly early. I think we were at the store by like 6 or 6.30. But even so, you know, there were lines, um, there were crowds, there were cranky people, and I just didn't want to be cranky while I was Christmas shopping. That's not my way to do Christmas shopping. Um, and I got the game console, but I don't know that I felt like the sale I got on it was really worth 
being up that early, being around so many cranky people, standing in line, etc. I'm just, I'm not a line stander. There are some things I'll stand in line for, but not shopping. <laughs> that's just, that's not my thing. Now, I have a good friend who loves Black Friday, just gets gets her juices going. She goes with a bunch of her friends. They make a morning of it. You know, they have breakfast, they go out, they hit the shops, they then do some lunch, and they just really enjoy themselves. And more power to them. I know a lot of folks do. So I am not personally saying anything against Black Friday as a, you know, a thing. I just don't particularly enjoy it myself. And so I had posted that I was um, going to be avoiding the stores on Black Friday and a few other folks posted the same. And so I said, hey, let's do a sew-in day. So we launched the ABFSI, the anti-Black Friday sew-in day. And the premise was that you were going to just stay home and spend the day at your sewing machine or doing whatever you needed to do from a quilty perspective. And I was surprised the number of people that did um, post, and I'll talk about that in a little bit. We had a lot of folks join in. I launched it on both Twitter and Facebook. Um, and it was a lot of fun. We uh, cheered one another on, would kind of tweet or post on Facebook during the day. We, some of us were um, posting some pictures of finishes as we went. I didn't actually post any pictures because of what I was doing wasn't really picture worthy. Um, but some folks did, and that was fun. And Unfortunately, we did also manage to, in some cases, spend one another's money because we would occasionally take breaks during the day. And, you know, I would go online, I'd stumble across some sales, somebody else would post a tweet, by the way, did you see this one? And so, um, you know, some of us did do a little Black Friday shopping, but we did it from the comfort of our own homes online. No lines, no cranky people. It was great. Um, so I really just had a good time and some folks said they wanted to do it again next year. So I will try to remember to do that and I will next year actually promote it earlier. So more of you might actually know about it and be able to join in the fun. Um, I did have a, a listener and I'm sorry, I don't remember now who it was, but one of my international listeners did ask about Black Friday and particularly kind of wondering about the name. And so I did, I knew at least I knew some of it, but I thought, well, I'll actually look it up. Um, and, you know, I used Wikipedia for what that's worth, but everything I read jived with what I'd heard in other places, except a little bit of new information, which was interesting. Um, Black Friday is actually similar to Boxing Day sales for those of you who are in the Commonwealth nations and celebrate Boxing Day. For those of us who aren't, Boxing Day is the day after Christmas, I believe. And, um, there's a lot of post-Christmas sales. So that's kind of their big um, sale day where people hit the stores. For us, it's the day after Thanksgiving. And that's when all the stores run these huge sales as a kickoff to the holiday shopping season. And the reason why um, it's that day from what I have read is, one, it does kick off the um, Christmas shopping season. But also a lot of people have that Friday off. So the number of potential shoppers is increased. Not everybody has it off, but a lot of people do more so than on most Fridays. <laughs> so a lot of people can get out and go shopping. Um, it is routinely, it has been the busiest shopping day of the year since 2005, according to Wikipedia. Um, with the exception of, I think there was one year that it was the second busiest day. Actually, what was the busiest day of the year for decades was the Saturday right before Christmas for all those last minute folks. But now um, Black Friday has become kind of a, it's gotten right up there. If it's not always first, it's very close to being first. Now, why is it named Black Friday? The The reason I knew it was called Black Friday is actually a more recent um, description. The, the name uh, supposedly originated in Philadelphia, where it was originally used in 1966 
by the Philadelphia police to describe the heavy and disruptive traffic, both car and pedestrian, that would occur on that day as people hit the show, the sales. Um, so that was kind of where it was originally coined, again, according to Wikipedia. Um, but later, about 10 years, 20, 15 years later, the term got switched um, and Black Friday came to indicate the point at which retailers begin to turn a profit or are in the black. And that's an accounting term. Um, those of you who know spreadsheets, black means positive, red means negative. So when you say you're in the black, that means you're actually turning a profit. And that's why this um, that term really began to mean, um, Black Friday began to mean that's the day that retailers turn a profit um, because of volume, not because of the the sales, but because of the sheer volume of customers. Um, now, this year... And actually, I don't think this is as new as it felt. Maybe it just felt a little more immediate for our family because my son had to work. Um, but a lot of stores opened at midnight or a little bit before on Thursday night, on Thanksgiving night. Typically, Black Friday sales start at like 4 a.m. or 5 a.m. Friday morning. This year, um, several of the major retailers actually started them Thursday night. But again, as I looked on Wikipedia, that wasn't as new as I thought it was. To me, it just felt like, wow, this year everybody's jumping the gun. It actually has been kind of building up over the last couple of two, three years. Um, and according to Wikipedia, it actually started with Toys R Us was the first store to um, start opening at like 10 p.m. on Thursday night or something like that. Who knows which one was actually the real first store that we can all blame for that. Um, but it does mean there were a lot of folks who work retail that then had to leave their Thanksgiving celebrations in order to go to work. Um there was a lot of complaining about that. One of the Target employees actually started an, uh, an online petition to try to get Target not to do it. Um, but I, you know, I have mixed feelings about that. Yes, I didn't like the fact that my son had to leave in order to go to work. Um, on the other hand, a lot of people have to work on Thanksgiving anyway. <laughs> so it was really hard for me to get too uptight about suddenly these people have to work. You know, I, I felt bad and I'm probably offending some folks about this. Um, but in terms of people working on Thanksgiving, there are a whole lot of people in the world that don't get Thanksgiving off. So, you know, I, you know, I kind of have mixed feelings about that. Um, I also found some interesting information for our Canadian folks, uh, population centers around Lake Ontario, which is, I am in a population center around Lake Ontario on the U S side. Um, but they attract a lot of cross-border shopping in the U S. So a lot of Canadians do come across the border for the sales. Um, and then Wikipedia did say in 2009, several major Canadian retail retailers had their own version of the day in order to discourage shoppers from leaving the country. <laughs> so, um, yes, it is spreading. On the other hand, again, it's about the same thing as Boxing Day. So it's not like Black Friday is this whole new concept in other countries. It's just on a different day than in other countries. Um I will also say, you know, I think the news that gets spread around the world is of the um, riots and things that can occasionally break out. And yes, every year you hear a story about something that happened on Black Friday. Um, this year, apparently, a woman used pepper spray on fellow shoppers in order to gain an advantage ra racing for whatever was just getting revealed. Um, and it said around 15 or 20 people were injured because of this pepper spray. And then the big story that made the news was... Um, some shoppers, it, it kind of hit the news as there was a riot. It sounds like there wasn't actually a riot. It was close to a riot, but it got contained pretty quick. Um, over $2 waffle makers at a Walmart. Um, 
So there are isolated incidents, but again, those are isolated incidents. Hundreds of thousands of people shop just fine. And like I said before, a lot of people enjoy it. Um, they kind of see it as a game. They make it a day out with friends. More power to them. Just leave the pepper spray at home. <laughs> For me, however, again, as I've said, it really sounds like the ninth level of hell, or I suppose to be more accurate to Dante, levels two, three, four, five, seven, eight, and nine of hell. So in any case, that's that's just not my shtick. Um, I will shop online. For me, it's just being in around crowds. I'm not a big fan of crowds. I'm not a big fan of shoving elbows, that kind of thing. Um, I prefer to wait at home. Now, that being said, I also don't have a ton of gifts I'm trying to get. Our kids are all older. We draw names for extended families. So for me, needing all of those great sales isn't as huge a deal as it is for some people. So I understand that as well. Okay, but back to ABFSI. Uh, a lot of us participated, and I'm going to list out the folks who did participate, and a lot of them were other podcasters, which was fun. Very Lazy Daisy, who is Daisy of Lazy Daisy Quilts Podcast, and Art Quilt Maker Jay, Pants Frisia, who is Pam of Hip to Be a Square. These are their um, Twitter names, by the way, so if you're on Twitter, these are what you want to look for. Very Lazy Daisy, Art Quilt Maker, Pants Frisia. Um, Quilted Magnolia, who is Katie Ringo of Katie's Quilting Corner. Scientific Quilter is Darla of the Scientific Quilter Podcast. Green Stitch is Anne Kenlin of Green Stitch Podcast. Redeem Sheep is Amy of Redeem Sheep Blog. I've mentioned her in this podcast before. Quiltscapes is Landscape Lady, is how I know her as her comments, and she's got an Etsy shop. Crafty Garden Mom is Tanisha of the Crafty Garden Mom Podcast. Um, those were the Twitter folks. And then on Facebook was Holly Yu, Lori, who I also know as um, Litter de Vermeer. <laughs> I've, I've pronounced her uh, screen name as that before, but that's Lori. Uh, Joyce, Margaret, um, Jackie B, Tina O, Susan P., and uh, Susan Pete was the last one on my list, sorry. So those folks all, um, those were all the ones that left comments. Now, more of you may have been participating, and I just didn't actually get tweets from you or um, Facebook comments, but those were the people that actually left updates. And everybody got stuff done, which was fun. And I'm not going to say too much. Um, I asked people to report in. Most folks did, not everybody. Um, but the podcasters are probably going to talk about their own stuff on their own podcast. So uh, Daisy, Very Lazy Daisy, did get a throw size quilt, I think, it looked throw size. I'd never got measurements, but that's kind of what the picture, maybe it's a, a twin size quilt. Um, but she will probably talk about that in her podcast or her blog. It was really cute. Loved the pictures of that. Art quilt maker, um, Jay, did a pillowcase and started a project by the Lintot Girls. Pam of Hip to Be a Square, more pillowcases. If you've been listening to her podcast, you'll know she has been hard at work at pillowcases, which has been fantastic. She got more of those done. And she also at least started a tree miniskirt. Not sure if she got that finished or not. Um, Quilted Magnolia, Katie, of Katie's Quilting Corner, worked on her Orca Bay Mystery Quilt, which has a gazillion pieces. Scientific Quilter, Darla, um, took part in Spirit, but she had to work and get other stuff done. So I did include her as participating, because she was tracking what the rest of us were doing. Unfortunately, she was not free uh, to be able to join us, but she was there in Spirit. So thanks, Darla, for your encouragement. Uh, Green Stitch Anne made a very cute apron out of vintage fabric, but we haven't yet seen finished pics. I'm assuming she's going to post them on her own podcast. Amy 
of Redeemed Sheep blog joked that she managed to move fabric from one pile to another, but she also cleaned, cleared out a bathroom drain, which is very important, so thank you. Uh, Quiltscapes Landscape Lady picked fabrics for a Mariner's Compass project, and I really can't wait to see it. I dream of doing a Mariner's Compass someday. It just hasn't gotten to me yet. Um, Tanisha, Crafty Garden Mom, cast on. I love knitting terminology, even though I am not a knitter. Refuse to be one. Cast on. I love that. Uh, she cast on a baby sweater and she finished quilting and making the binding for Lemon Squares for her Lemon Squares project. And she made a cover for Kindle Fire. So she got a boatload done. Congratulations, Tanisha. Holly Yu said she didn't sew nearly as much as she hoped, but she did do some handwork on a felted wool snowman. Um, Lori, oh, the litter divermum. Also, <laughs> she was only with us in spirit because she also had to work. She is a um, veterinarian, a dermatologist, a veterinary, veterinary dermatologist, dermatologist, veterinarian. I'm not sure which way you put those things, um, but she said she had lots of itchy pets she had to take care of that day. Uh, Joyce never reported in. So Joyce, I'm curious as to what you got done. Margaret, um, said, although she's Canadian, so she doesn't have an official Black Friday, she was still glad to stay out of the shops. And she finished Hexies for her City and Guilds sample, and then also did the Orca Bay Mystery Quilt. The Orca Bay Mystery Quilt, by the way, is something from Quiltville, Bonnie Hunter, all using scraps, so definitely check that out. Um, a boatload of pieces, like I said, but would be fun to do. Jackie B. finished a wall hanging, a toddler backpack, a doll blanket, and she also got caught up on several podcasts and blogs, which, Jackie, I did too. It was a fun day to do that. Tina O got at least one pair of pajama pants done. I know she was hoping to get a couple pairs, so Tina, report back in. Let us know if you got that other pair done. Um, Susan P. left a rather cryptic completion notice. She said she got one project left on my commitment list, then onto my personal lust, which I appreciated that. And her, she said her new mantra is, sorry to disappoint, but... Um, which I read that as people asking you to do stuff and you feeling committed and obligated to doing it, but really wanting to just do your own stuff for fun once in a while. And so that's what Susan is now saying. She's gotten done the stuff she was committed to get done, but now she gets to move on to something she really wants to do on her own. And that's fantastic. Um, my own anti-Black Friday, so in days, Friday was my major day that I really did nothing else. I mean, yeah, had to <laughs> finish cleaning up a little bit from Thanksgiving dinner, although we had gotten a lot of that done Thursday night, and my husband and daughter were huge helps in poking away at that. So by the end of Friday, we did have it all cleaned up and put away. Um, so I did do a little bit of that during the day, but I didn't have to do a lot of it, thankfully, um, to my family. I appreciated that. They pretty much just left me alone, let me do what I needed to do. My husband did end up going into work. He didn't really have to, but he had some stuff he needed to get done to prep for this week. So he did go into his office for a few hours. Um, and my daughter... Uh, mostly hung out. She's home from college. As I said, she actually has been home for a whole week. So she pretty much hung out. She did go out um, with some friends at one point in the evening. So we were all kind of just chilling and doing our own thing on Friday. Uh, my premise, what I decided to do on when I was thinking, what do I really want to do on my anti-Black Friday sewing day was to really clean off my cutting table. It had started kind of getting taken over by fabric, stacks of fabrics that I was setting aside for various projects. You know, so here's a stack of fabric that is going to eventually become my hexagons. Here's a stack of fabrics that's eventually going to go onto finishing my pinwheel quilt. Here's a stack of fabrics that's going onto my summer stash mystery challenge, which I'm still finishing. 
and um, the strips that I'd cut for binding for a table runner and so forth. And so what I finally decided to do was I'm just going to tackle those stacks of fabric and get them off of my cutting table. So the first thing I did, I took about an hour, I think it took me. I had a bunch of scraps from um, oh the last two, three projects I'd done. I'd kind of piled up in one corner. And so I finally took those scraps and I cut them down into usable sizes, which were pretty much... Um, two and a half inch strips, five inch squares, two and a half inch squares, and two inch squares. Those were kind of the four sizes I was doing because um, that was basically the size scraps I had. You know, I, I go by what size do I have, which what's the closest, most usable size I can cut it down into. So those were kind of the sizes I was cutting. No plans in mind for any of those things yet. Those I was just cutting them down into scraps. Um, then, and like I said, that took me about an hour. Then I decided I was going to spend the rest of the day focused on those darn hexagons. And it really took me all day other than my breaks that I was taking during the day. So probably altogether five, six hours maybe spent cutting hexagons. Um, I cut about, well, total I have 218. I probably had 20 or so done at the start of the day. So the vast majority of those I cut that day. And those are for my hexagon project that um, part of the hexi, hexagons attack or hexes attack of the hexes, sorry, that Jay and Pam and I were doing, are doing, although Pam already has hers done. I think Jay is pretty close to having hers done if she doesn't have it done already. I am so not even close, but at least now I have all of the hexagons cut and boy that felt great mostly because that was a big honking stack of fabric I had on the side of my cutting table. Didn't use up as much of the fabric as I'd hoped. I'd really kind of saw, seen this as a stash busting kind of thing. All the fabric I'm using is from my stash but unfortunately I was only using like two five and a half inch strips off of you know a yard of fabric here a half a yard of fabric there so I still have all of those fabrics still left. Now once I make the the quilt I don't know yet whether I'm going to do borders on it. I don't know yet what I'm going to do for the backing. So I'll probably go back to some of those fabrics for some of those things. But be that as it may, at least I got the hexagons cut. Now um, they have become an in front of the TV project. So I can sit and do all the marking on them that I want to do. I will be sewing them by machine, not by hand. Debating whether I'm going to use Jay's method or whether I'm going to use a method that I actually saw in a magazine over the summer. Don't remember which magazine, but it's you sew the hexagons together in columns first in strips and then you go in and you sew the strips together kind of wedging them back and forth and and because of the way I've got my quilt designed I think it would actually be easier for me to keep them in the places they're supposed to be if I sew them in strips rather than trying to chunk them together I haven't like I said still pondering that haven't decided yet have plenty of time until I even get to that point um, then I also finished a Christmas table runner that is going to be the gift. And this is the one I had mentioned before on my retreat podcast. This was the one that was the kit from the um, quilt store. Uh, so I finally got it done. I used up some stash fabric for the backing, um, some very old fabric from that I had inherited from my mother a long time ago. Actually, I think I inherited this before she passed away. Somehow I ended up with this. It's kind of vaguely Christmassy, but it's a, a very old style. It kind of looks like a 1980s fabric, maybe. It's very small calico print on it, but it was great for backing. Um, I will say I've discovered it because a lot of the hexagon fabrics I was using are stuff I inherited from my mother from various decades as well. And a lot of the fabrics she had on her shelf had been torn. Um, so uh, there are some quilt shops that tear the fabric rather than cut the fabric. 
Um, and there's a lot of debate. I think I've referenced this once before on a previous podcast somewhere. There's some debate when you tear the fabric, that's how you find the true warp or weft or whatever. Um, I actually found it a real pain to work with because then it's just frayed beyond belief on the edges, frayed beyond belief. Even a couple of them had been, had had their corners clipped, which is supposed to keep them from fraying. Um, but I was finding on some of these fabrics, because I would press them out before I'd cut them, I'd have to press them and then slice some stuff off the edge to get that fray down to a point where I could then measure from the edge and, and square it off and all that kind of stuff. I was losing a lot of fabric, I felt like, not to mention having all those stinking threads all over the place. So I'm not a fan of the ripping to um, cut yardage rather than cutting. I've never actually run into a quilt shop that's done that. Everybody I know cuts, but I think there are still some that, that do the ripping. I, not a fan, not when I've been working with the aftermath of that. Um, so anyway, that was kind of what I got done. Oh, and then I still have some stacks of fabrics that are laying in wait for projects I haven't gotten to yet. So rather than putting them back into my stash and, and kind of losing track of what I'd planned, I got out an empty bin that I had a small project bin and I just kind of stacked everything neatly in there as, as well as the books that I'm working out of so that it's all in one place. Cause the problem I was having on my cutting table, I have enough room to easily cut a half yard or a yard, but when I would start working with backing fabric where you've got just yardage all over the place, I would have these stacks of things. I'd either have to be sliding around or I'd have to move them off somewhere else and it would take forever. So I finally decided I'm just sticking it all in a bin now that I've got it down to a manageable size, because I got mostly the hexagon fabrics, I had a boatload of those, <laughs> so I had to get those out of the way. But the rest of the fabrics I have set aside are much more manageable size. They all fit in this bin. So now all I have to do, if I need more room, I pick up one bin and move it. And I've got the room I need. So that was very, very helpful to do. Plus, it just looks visually neater. I don't like being in a lot of clutter. Um, I, I have problems with that. So I like having the visual neatness that makes me feel much more creative and ready to do what I need to do. So that's my ABFSI report. Um, and like I said, I'm going to be recording an interview with Jay actually in about 15, 20 minutes. And uh, we'll be posting that episode um, probably in another couple of days. So you're going to get a couple of episodes fast and furious here. Uh, and that one, I will talk about the drawings for the two giveaways that are actually both officially ending today. So if you get this episode and you haven't checked out the two drawings yet, you've still got a few hours of opportunity. One of them is on Facebook and the other one's on my blog and the links are in that last episode that I posted. So make sure you do that. Oh, and a word about that last episode. Um, when I first posted it, there was a glitch and you only got like the first couple of minutes of audio and then it blipped out and it was silence. I fixed it within 24 hours. So if you tried to download that first episode or if you had problems downloading that episode, um, go back and try again because it is fixed. It's up there now. I'm using a new podcast software. It's been a little problematic, um, but I think I'm working out... You know, it's user error. It's things that I'm doing based on the what I used to do with the old software that I used for many years, Audacity. Um, trying this new software because it's better organizationally. And, uh, you know, it's just learning curve stuff. And it does what I think are stupid things. <laughs> but I just have to train myself to not do the things it doesn't want me to do, um, even though they seem like they'd be easy enough to do. But in any case... Hopefully this podcast will post just fine because I'm being very careful about everything I'm doing and it shouldn't be an issue. Uh, so that's it for this episode. And like I said, um, next episode will be the more standard ep episode with listener feedback, etc. 
I am also, towards the end of this week or next weekend, going to be posting the episode I'd talked about a while back on um, online shopping for fabric versus in-store shopping for fabric, and that has a lot of listener feedback involved in it, too. Um, So some of you who have posted comments about that and are kind of wondering, well, what the heck ever happened to that episode? That's going to happen this week, too. Um, So lots of good stuff coming up. Looking forward to it. And uh, hope you had those of you who celebrated Thanksgiving. Hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Um, Those of you who didn't, hope you had a good week anyway. (laughs) And uh, we will be um, looking ahead, like I said, to the next few episodes. I'll be picking up listener comments that I haven't referenced yet. So never fear, you have not been ignored. It's going to happen. I'm just trying to sort myself out over a busy holiday weekend. And I think that's it for now. So thank you for joining me for this episode. You know where you can reach me. All the links to everything are at www.quiltingfortherestofus.com. Um, and my screen name pretty much everywhere I am quilty related is Sandy Quilt, Sandy with a Y, Quilts with a Z. And that's my Gmail address as well. Sandy Quilt, Sandy with a Y, Quilts with a Z at gmail.com. Um, so those are the places to be in touch. And, uh, Post comments to this episode. What did you do over the holiday weekend? If you had a holiday weekend, if it wasn't a holiday weekend for you and it was just a weekend, what did you get done? Want to hear. Uh, thanks a lot for joining me. And until next time, go get your quilty on. Quilting for the Rest of Us is dedicated to Shirley. Love you, Mom. <laughs> <laughs>